Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you feel like you've already been to church this morning? Amen. Not only is it raining outside, how many of you know it's raining inside? Well, let's all stand together. Some of you are down and you say, well, I don't want to stand again. Listen, I stand through the whole service. I don't want to hear it. No, I'm just kidding. If you can't stand, you can't stand. When I go home, I'm ready to sit down. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the spirit that we feel, your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the encouragement, the enthusiasm. Lord, we're so glad to be here to worship you, to praise you, to sing unto the Lord today. So, Lord, open up our mind and our hearts and our understanding, and we'll give you praise today in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. Last Monday, I came home from work about 7.30 that evening, and I sat down in my recliner. My iPad was laying over to my right. I picked it up, and I got on YouTube. Does anybody ever go on YouTube and watch videos? And I got my iPad, and I'm watching a video called How to Lose Belly Fat. And this guy is exercising, and he is showing you how to lose belly fat. So I'm watching the video, and Carrie walks by behind my recliner. She looks over, and she sees what I'm watching, and she said this to me. She said, it's a lot easier to watch it than to do it, isn't it? Can you believe she said that to me? That kind of hurt my feelings. But you know, that is so true. I, I want to talk to you this morning about transformational living. Transformational living. If you have your Bible, turn with me to uh, the book of Romans chapter 12. And I want to take a very familiar verse today. And, and maybe we could go a little bit deeper than maybe we usually do in this verse. How many of you would help me if we could do that today? Paul is writing a letter to the Romans throughout the Roman Empire. And in verse 1, chapter 12, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Question. Can you be saved and not reach your full potential? The answer is yes. Yes. How many of you believe God's still working on you? So, so we're saved, we, we are uh, in the kingdom, and we're going to go to heaven, but I'm kind of thinking God doesn't want you just to be saved. Have you ever thought, God, just save me, get me right, and just zip me on up? But we're doing kingdom work. I mean, we're, we're here in this world to be lights and salt, and we're not here just to get saved and be sucked out to heaven, right? We're here to accomplish a purpose. So can you be saved and not reach your potential? I think the answer is absolutely yes. But let's analyze a little bit deeper here. Notice what he says, I beseech you therefore brethren. So he's not talking to the world. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the brothers. He's talking to the church. He says, brothers, listen, I want to urge you 
the saved, I want to urge you to go a little bit deeper here, to go further here. And, and Paul is saying this to believers, not that we all don't need to hear this, and people who are not saved don't need to hear this, but he's specifically talking to believers here. You see, to have a transformational life, to live transformationally, you have to have transformational thinking. You can't change your life until you change your thinking. You can't change your life until you change your thinking. I realize that today there's so much conformity that goes on, but what we have to do, things have to move from our head to our heart, inspiration, to move to our action. So the next uh, few times we'll meet, I want to talk to you about information, inspiration, and transformation. How many of you know information is not enough? We can have information and still do nothing or not act on what we have the information on. Now, most of us here, you'd have to live, I said that in the early service, you have to live on the moon. You'd have to live on Mars, I think. We know, we don't have to be taught this, we know that if you eat too much, it's not a good thing. Nobody said amen. Okay. Um, let me say that again. We know if you eat too much, it's not a good thing. We know that smoking tobacco products is not healthy for us. We know that. Uh, we know when a person drinks too much alcohol. We know when a person drinks too much, it's not a good thing. Uh, we know if you do drugs, not a good thing. I mean, we, we don't have to have someone sit down and tell us that. I mean, if you listen to the radio, television, seen a friend or whatever, uh, I, I've done this before. I'm not trying to be judgmental or uh, I'm not trying to be ugly, but sometimes when I pull into the convenience store, I'll see somebody my age that's lived a really rough life. How many of you know somebody who's lived a really rough life? I mean, look at the person next to you. I mean, and sometimes people just live a really rough life. I mean, they, they, they got hooked in high school or college, and now they're 65, they're 70, they're 55, they're 40, and they look like they're 120. And you think, what happened? Well, how many of you know they didn't do some transformational thinking? They got sucked into the conformity of this world. And, and we know these things, but you can have the information and not do anything with the information that you have. Uh, about two weeks ago, Carrie and I went to the supermarket together. We don't do this all the time, but we that day went to the supermarket together, and we went down the cookie aisle. So we're going down the cookie aisle, and there are these golden Oreos. How many of you have ever seen golden Oreos? I mean, it's like manna falling from heaven. And so I reach over, and I get this big package of golden Oreos, and I put it in our basket. And Carrie says this to me. She says, do you think we need that big of a package? She says, this is the family size. I said, honey, we are a family. And, and I go by the golden Oreos, and it's got that little zip top. And I go through the kitchen, I'll get one or two. And then on the way back, you get one or two more. And I know that if you eat too many golden Oreos, it's not good for you. I've got the information. I just don't have the inspiration. And I can't get to the transformation, even though I have the information. Does that make any sense? I mean... He that knows to do good and doesn't do it, it's not good. Matter of fact, it can even be a sin. So information alone is not really what we have to have. I mean, we have to have it, but it's not all that we have to have. Even in church, you can have information and not act on it, or you can act on not sufficient information. Correct? How many of you are going to love me when I get through this section? 
okay, a third of the church is going to love me when I finish. You know, sometimes people choose churches for some of the weird reasons. And I haven't figured this out, and I've been around for a long, long time. I've heard people say, well, well I, I attend this church for the music. And that's a good thing. I mean, we want to have great music, and we have tremendous music here. But if you just say, I'm going to attend the church because of the music, but you don't know the mission of the church, you're acting on wrong information. Yeah. So it's not just the music of the church, there is the mission of the church. Do they support missions around the world? Do they support missionaries? Uh, do, are they involved in the community? Are they discipling kids? Are they discipling young people? Are they helping marriages? Can a person grow there? Or are they just going to be entertained there? Or we could say, I'm going to attend this church. I attend this church because I like the preacher. I want you to like the preacher. I want you to have all those feelings. That's fine. But is he preaching the right doctrine? Do you hear the whole counsel of God? Or is he just preaching to itching ears? Does he just want to preach what you want to hear so you will like him? I mean, that goes on, right? Does he have his house in any kind of order? Does he exhibit integrity and character? Does he have any personal discipline in his life? How's his finances? Does he pay his bills? How's his health? How does he treat his wife? Is he a hard worker? Is he lazy? Do you like him because he's nice, good looking, has a great personality? Thank you. <laughs> or do you go there because he's anointed and he challenges you to grow? Sometimes we choose weird things. Well, I like this church because of its culture. It's got a cool culture. They wear skinny jeans. Cool hats. I'd like to wear skinny jeans. But I know people who do that and wear cool cats and it's not working for them anymore. Is it structured biblically? Is there accountability there? Is there the right leadership there? Do people see real transformation there in the church? Are they just coming to look cool? Listen, listen, we, we've got to choose things and act on the information and not act on insufficient information. Let me tell you why. Because Jesus is a transformational Savior. He is a transformational Savior. You, you see, if you meet Jesus... I mean, things are going to change. And if you're going to be around Jesus, things are going to change. You see, they went to a wedding, the, the marriage of Canaan. Remember the, the wedding there? It's probably the first recorded public miracle that maybe Jesus did. We don't know for sure, but very possible. And Mary, his mother, comes and says, um, they're running out of refreshments. They're running out of wine. I don't know if it's a friend, a family member, but Mary's there. And probably the brothers and sisters, half-brothers are there. And the disciples are there that are following Jesus at this, this time. And, and Mary comes and says, can you help them out? And Jesus said, hey, it's before my time. I'm really not going to try to be revealed right now. But how many of you know, he's a good son. He listens to his mother. And so he says, well, what do you want? Well, you know, they, they, they need refreshments here. So he tells the caterers, says, fill up the water pots full of water and bear them to the governor of the feast. And as they're taking it to the feast, uh, officiato, the governor, guess what happens? The water turns into... Why? I mean, there's a transformation that happens there. If he sees a blind person, guess what? The blind begin to see. A dead person begins to live. The lepers are clean. Uh, the, the lame begins to leap and dance and walk. What happens? You meet Jesus, transformation happens. 
Not that you just know Jesus or have information about Jesus. You've got to really know him and be inspired by him and act on what you know to have the transformation. Can I hear an amen? amen. You, you see, Jesus gave us both insight and information about what was to help us understand the deeper meaning of life and how to be transformed in our life and how we're living now and how we could live in the future. How many of you know this is who I am now, but I'm expecting a new improved version as I grow and as I develop and as I listen and as I learn? Listen, Jesus is not some kind of historical figure, some kind of trivia of history. Jesus is the Son of God. He's God in the flesh. He's the transformational Savior. And he can impact our life and change our life. And this isn't about yesterday's news. I'm not here to hear about what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Oh yeah, I know I am. But I'm here to learn from what he did 2,000 years ago to know what I'm going to do today. How is it going to change my life today? How is it going to transform me today? Listen, Jesus came to give us new insight, new revelation, and bring us up to date. He said, your fathers ate the manna that fell from heaven. Remember the wilderness? Your fathers ate the manna that fell from heaven. But I tell you, I am the true bread that fell from heaven. I am the true bread that fell from heaven. So that last night before he's arrested, before he's betrayed, before he goes to the cross the next day, he's there with the disciples in the upper room. You remember, they're eating Passover, the Paschal lamb or the Passover lamb. And there, they're celebrating what the Jews have done ever since they went that first night out of Egypt. And so he's with his disciples. The lamb's there, the bread's there, all the things are there for the Passover. But something happened there that night. Remember when they first got there? Nobody washed feet. Jesus girded himself with the towel. He got on his knees, began to wash their feet. They're kind of freaking out. Peter always has to say something. You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you're going to have anything to do with me. He said, okay, get my head too. So there that night they take Passover. And as they break the bread, picture in your mind, Jesus is breaking the bread. He hands it and he says, take and eat. This is my body. And he gets the cup and he says, take and drink. This is my blood which is going to be shed for you. Listen, all of a sudden he takes that old and he brings it up to date and says that Passover lamb was talking about me. That was a shadow and a type of me. This, this is me. This is the now. That was the then. This is the now. And now what do we do? We gather. We take what we call the Lord's Supper and we're celebrating the now. Not the yesterday, but the now. Jesus brought us up to say this was then. This is now. Can I hear any man? Listen, I can't live off yesterday's information. They say every seven years and less, our information is doubling, doubling, doubling. And if you don't keep up, if you don't keep up, you don't even know how to turn your computer on anymore. Matter of fact, this week, Corey came in and said, Pastor, I want to set up your email on your new computer. And listen, I didn't get it yesterday. I got it like three years ago. You said, why didn't you set up your email on your new computer? I don't know how. I know you're holy. You got it down. I don't. And Corey comes in and he says, Pastor Mike, what's your password? I said, Mike. <laughs> it's deep. I'm sure nobody can crack it. 
I mean, people in Russia are trying to get into my computer. And they're saying, it can't be that simple. Oh, yes, it can. Because this thing is just rolling faster and faster and faster. That night he said, this is my body. This is my blood. This is what was done, but it was revealing my future plans to bring you up today. You know what? Jesus just brings you up today, right? It's not something that's archaic or trivial. It's something that we need today and every day of our life. And if you have yesterday's information and yesterday's thinking and you're trying to move forward with yesterday's thinking to tomorrow and the future, how many of you know it may be difficult for you? So you can't rely on yesterday's thinking. How many of you know we need our daily bread? Not the old bread, not the stale bread. We need the daily bread. Information is necessary for inspiration and transformation. If we have the proper information, sufficient information, it allows us to become more than we were before we received this information. Our daughter-in-law, Natalie, recently became a doctor some time ago, and this is uh, how they did it. They gave her a pill and said, if you'll swallow this pill, you will become a doctor. No. What they did, they gave her an injection, and they said, after a day or two, you will be starting to feel like a doctor, and, and uh, after this injection takes uh, over, you will be a doctor. It didn't work that way either. They gave her a white lab coat and put a stethoscope around her and said, uh, if you'll wear that, you'll be a doctor. That didn't work either. But I tell you, the process, for four years, she went to class and she went to uh, school and studied, worked in clinics, went through medical school, did an internship. After receiving the information, the instruction, she had to pass national boards and state boards and only then she became a doctor. You know what they said? For you to be transformed into this, you got to have all this information and when you get all this information, when you come out the other side with all this information, then you will be a doctor. It doesn't come by a pill. It doesn't come by an injection. It doesn't come by you put all the vestments on and that's how you become. And listen, that's not how you become who you should be either. The Bible says that we need the information so we can have the inspiration, so we can have the transformation. Can I hear an amen? Now, why is this important? Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. He didn't say the weird people out there. He didn't say the Gentile people out there. He didn't say the heathen people out there. The dumb people, the ignorant people. He said, my people. Would you say that with me? My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. If you and I don't process the information as to what he's done and what he's doing, we still may be processing everything through the old mind instead of the new mind. If you don't watch it, you'll be processing it through the old mind. Now, I want to guarantee you the Lord can save you in a moment. But there is some transformation that needs to happen in you. You can be born again. Now, th this is what I know. I, I was there when Carrie uh, delivered our boys. And um, I, I stayed at the other end. But I, I was there. And when that baby comes out, 
the baby's birth, but immediately the nurse and the doctor begins to what? Clean the baby up. There can be birth, but still we need some cleaning going on. I can be born again, but there's some things in my life God's still working on. And one of the things, according to Paul, he's working on is your mind. I want to ask you a question. This is very important. Did you think differently? Did you begin to think differently after you were saved than before you were saved? Absolutely, I did. There are things I thought over here, and, and this is the way I thought, this is the way I processed, but once I got saved, I began to think differently. There were some people in my life I had to separate myself from, not because I didn't love them, didn't care, uh, you know, about them, uh, but, but I had to say, okay, I'm going this direction, I got to think this way now, I'm processing this way. Now, I'm not fully developed, but my thinking began to change once I got saved. It's still being changed. The more information I get, the more I process, the more I'm inspired by the information, the more I'm trans formed by the information, but that began a process in my life, and it began a process in your life. So when you say, okay, I'm saved, but sometimes, sometimes my mind goes back to what I used to think about. I've talked to several people who, you know, smoked a lot, and even though they've been saved 30 years later, they begin to say, you know, sometimes my mind thinks, you know, a cigarette would really taste really good right now. Or you're out mowing the yard and you hadn't had a cold Michelob in 30 years. I know you don't know anything about that. but <laughs> And all of a sudden you're, you're, you're mowing the yard and, and you say, you know, really a cold Michelob would really taste good right now. What are you doing? You're kind of going back, you're thinking over what you used to do and how you used to process and, and how you used to think and how you used to want. But you see, there, there's a process that God started in your life. And he says, okay, this is the way you did, this is the way you thought, this is the way you walked. And now you're saved, you are born again, and now I'm beginning the process of having you think differently, act differently, move differently, process differently. Have you found that that goes on in your life? It does mine. It doesn't mean that, that, that I'm perfect. Goodness gracious, Lord knows I'm not perfect. But you can be free physically and still be bound mentally. You say, well, I don't know about that. Let me give you a case in point. Remember Israel in Egypt for about 40 years? I mean, 400 years? About 430 to be exact. And then God does this amazing deliverance of Israel in Egypt with signs, wonders, and miracles. They, they go through the Red Sea. They leave as slaves, come out as sons. But it's not long in the wilderness. You know what they're saying? Boy, I sure would like to go back to Egypt. Man, we were eating onions and garlics and leeks and watermelons. How many of you know they were the people of bad breath back then? We had all this food in Egypt. And they said it would have been better for us to die in Egypt than be out here. Then all of a sudden they begin to fashion a golden calf. Can I tell you that golden calf they fashioned was something like what they saw and were used to in Egypt? You can be free physically, but your mind is not where it should be. You can want to go back to where you came from. And God never wants that for anybody here. Because there's this compulsion to go back to where you came from and all of a sudden you feel the Holy Spirit say, no, I want you to go where I'm leading you. Yeah. 
And I'm going to give you the information to get there because you don't want to go back. Let's go back to our text. Let me finish this up. I just started preaching now. I want to give you five things real quickly. You say, can he do that in 15 minutes? I can do that in 15 minutes. I can name that tune in 10 minutes. 15 minutes. <laughs> I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I urge you. It's Paul's passionate plea. I'm not suggesting. I'm not just noting. I am pleading with you. I am beseeching you. You need to go on this journey, brothers. Second thing, by the mercies of God. Listen, you will not get there without God's mercy. You will not get there without his grace. Where God's leading you, where he's leading me, where he's leading all of us, we have to have the mercy and the grace of God because we cannot do it on our own. You can't do it on your own. You're not that wise, not that smart, rich enough, moral enough. You've got to have the grace and the mercy of God. Paul says, I beseech you, I urge you, I plead with you by the grace and the mercy of God that you go this direction, you go on this journey because God is doing something in your life and you need his help. Number three, to present yourself, say that with me, present yourself as a living sacrifice. You know what this says? It's optional. It's of your own volition. You either can present yourself or not present yourself. I'm urging you, pleading you by the mercy of God that you present yourself as a sacrifice. Bring yourself to God. Say, God, teach me. Inform me. Inspire me. Transform me. God will not make you learn. God won't make you get inspired. God won't make you be transformed. But it's possible. How many of you believe? It's possible. It's possible. I'm, I'm pleading with you people. I am saying by the mercy of God that if you will present yourself as an act of volition, God's going to do more for you than you could ever, ever, ever imagine. He's going to make something wonderful out of your life through this transformation process. Here's the fourth thing. Don't conform, but be what? Transform. There is this very compelling world that we live in to conform to it. I mean, we feel it all the time. You watch the news, you watch a movie, television, get your iPad out, look on your computer, listen to music, entertainment. You know what the world's doing? The world's saying conform, conform, conform. Young people, you face it all the time. You know what they're saying? Dress like the latest rap star. Dress like the latest movie star. Dress like this singer, that, that ball player, that rich person. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with all of that. Some of it's wrong. But the world is saying, conform, conform, conform. And this is what I found out. In 10 years, it'll be a whole different conformity. I was talking to Judy earlier, and I said, yeah, you have a very pretty top on. And you know what women say, this whole thing? You know what she said? If you hang on something long enough, it'll come back in style. <laughs> Sometimes Carrie and I go through the mall and there was one year, you know, bell-bottom jeans were coming in and tie-dye t-shirt and you kind of look like a hippie. Well, listen, we live through the hippie movement. You know what Carrie told me? She said it was ugly back then, it's still ugly today. <laughs> Just hang on. 
wide ties will come back in style, big knots, narrow ties, wing tips. Just hang on. The world will say, I want you to conform, conform, conform. And once you conform, I'm going to change the rules so I can get you to buy more. And then conform to this, conform to this, wear this hairstyle, this makeup, live this way, this car, this house, this is in, this is out now. Conform, conform. And all of a sudden, God is saying, I don't want you to conform. I want you to be transformed. Now, how do we get transformed? The fifth thing, he says, the only way you can get transformed and not to conform, you have to what? Renew your mind, you have to think differently. You can't keep thinking the same old way. And if you think the way that you were, you get the same things you had. And God is saying, don't think that way anymore. Think in a different mindset. Because you are what? Renewing your mind. He wouldn't say that if we didn't need it. But we must have it. I was listening to Rick Warren a few days ago. And he was talking about taking his kids to Chuck E. Cheese's. Now... I think maybe I was there once. I can't remember. Carrie shaking her head. We don't know if we've been there, but Rick Warren said, Chuck E. Cheese is of the devil. <laughs> he said, have you ever eaten their food? He said, I've tried to bring my own food in. And my wife says, you can't bring your own food into Chuck E. Cheese's. You've got to eat their food. He said, I don't like their food. But, you know, kids love it. They have all the games. And he says, they have games from hell there. You ever heard of whack-a-mole? I mean, this is a machine and you get a hammer and all of a sudden this mole pops up and you whack it. But here's the problem. When you whack that one, another one pops up. And you whack that one and two more pop up over here. You get those two and three more pop Listen, there's no way you can win the mole war because the, the moles are going to keep popping up. And I thought when he said that on this line, in your life and my life, there's always moles that pop up. There's the mold of marriage and finances and health and kids and jobs and spiritual things. And this pops up and this challenge pops up and this difficulty pops up. And you and I, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're whacking the mold. Whack, 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 whack. And we get this one, this one pops up. And how many of you know, until you die, the moles are always going to be popping up. But... The Lord is saying, but if you will renew your mind, then you can approach that mold of marriage and divorce and infidelity and finances and job and relationship and with the kids and with the grandkids and the parents. I'm going to help you have the information to know how to whack the mold and the mold stay in the hole. Because if you don't, this is what we do. We go through life and we're just frantically trying to just keep our nose above water. And we're dealing with this and this and this and this. When all the time Paul is saying, I beseech you, heathens, no. He's saying, I beseech you, church people. I beseech you, brothers. If you will present yourself, if you will allow the mercy and grace of God, God is going to give you the information to renew your mind, to transform your life. And that's a good thing. I, I shared this. Some of you know it. A few years ago, there was a guy, and his wife came to my office. They wanted counseling, and that was fine. I did not know them. They're not from our immediate area here. I don't know how they got my name. Someone recommended them come to me. And so I, I uh, had the man introduce myself. We sat down there. 
And I could tell he didn't want to be there. And it was only a matter of minutes. He got very uh, confrontational. And he said, well, you can't help us. You can't help us. He, he said, I don't want to be here. And then he called me a few names. I can't tell you those names in church. And so he, he called me a few names, and he got up very confrontational. And, and I said, well, you don't even know me. And he said, well, I know enough already. Called me some names, he walked out. And she started crying and said, I'm so sorry. And I said, well, that's fine. I said, you're married to him, I'm not. And when they left, I visited with some of the staff, and they kind of asked me what happened, and I told them. And I said this. I said, he's lucky he didn't call me that a few years ago. Because I would not have reacted the same way 40-something years ago. I would have whacked them all. What's the difference, Pastor? I've got information now that's inspired me, that's transformed me. I try not to do that anymore. It's not good for your preacher. <laughs> you see, we have old lifestyles. We, we have old habits. We have old hang-ups and hindrances that we've got to renew our mind to overcome those and deal with them differently. Because if you don't deal with them differently, if you don't have new information, if you don't present yourself, if you're not renewed, if you're not transformed, you'll just keep running that same old race, that same old circle. Those modes will keep popping up in your life over and over and over again, and you don't know how to handle them. But all of a sudden, Jesus comes and he says, you've heard this, but I say this. You knew this, but I'm saying this. This is who you were, but now this is who you are. So you're not handling this the way you used to handle it. Now I'm going to give you the courage and the strength and the spirit and all you need to handle it on a whole nother level. Why? Because now you have the information, the inspiration, and the transformation. You're going to deal with this a lot differently than you've ever dealt with it before. And you know what happens? Victory comes, peace comes, security comes. I mean victory that you've never, ever experienced comes in your life. But there's this aversion. That old man doesn't like that new man because it doesn't know what the new man is. This, this, is, this is new. This is, I mean, this is breaching a whole other subject. But now God is saying, I want to give you the information that you can know how to be transformed. And then you will know the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. This is how you deal with this, Mike. This is how you overcome this, Mike. This is how you have victory, Mike. This is how you make the right choice. Not on feelings, not on preferences, but on the word of God. Let, let me end with this. This is God's will. This is God's will. I love my opinion, and I kind of like yours. But my opinion and yours is not the will of God. The Word of God is the will of God. And the more information we have, if we act on that information, then all of a sudden we're victorious because we have what we need to have that type of victory in our life. 
And I know with hundreds and hundreds of people here this morning and, and the people who were here in the other service, there is a plethora of issues that we all face and some that I would never know what you're facing, what you're going through, how your heart hurts, where your marriage is, where your business is, where your finances is, where your kids are. But you know what? God knows. And he has the information for us to know how to deal with it in a good, acceptable, and a perfect way. If we will listen, assimilate, be inspired to act, and let him transform that situation by transforming us. Bow your head with us. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.